You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome, everybody. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, where we're going to talk about guns, we're going to talk about firearms, we're going to talk about laws regarding those. And just to follow up on Victor's comment a moment ago about Mr. Bloomberg, I wonder how many armed guards he has, (laughs) but yet he doesn't want you to have any guns. I guarantee you it's more than one. Oh, absolutely, and he probably has them 24-7. But you shouldn't be allowed to defend yourself. Oh, no. These people think they are... uh, they're royalty somehow, and I don't understand that at all. Well, I do. I guess if I was in, if I was the king, I, it's good to be the king. But when you're not the king, Democrat. <laughs> when you're not the king, though, things aren't so good. People being repressed everywhere. Speaking of people being repressed, California gun owners these days are feeling the repercussions of illegal aliens obtaining IDs. The California Department of Justice on Monday filed an emergency regulations proposal. If adopted, Californians would be required to have a real ID to purchase a firearms, a real ID. It's it's a new federal regulation. You have to have a real ID to fly in a plane as well. So I don't know how, and the California ID is not a real, a quote-unquote real ID. It's uh, it's not real ID compliant. So in order for Californians to fly in a plane starting, I think, actually a few months ago, they must have either a passport, a birth certificate, or some sort of other ID card that's been verified by the federal government. And now the Department of Justice is saying, well, we think gun owners should have to have some sort of other ID. Since we're giving all these illegals driver's licenses here, the California driver's license is no longer good enough to qualify as an identification to buy a gun. So that's great. So California is giving illegals driver's license, and now the California driver's license is not really worth anything for ID. And listen to some of these things that they will include. Okay, they have a valid, unexpired U.S. passport or passport card, a copy of a U.S. birth certificate, a certificate or consular report of birth abroad of a U.S. citizen, valid or unexpired foreign passport, and a valid U.S. immigrant visa, an approval record of arrival and departure on an I-94 form. You want a copy of a birth certificate from a U.S. territory, certificate of naturalization or U.S. citizenship, a valid, unexpired permanent resident card. So it's like they're asking for all this to, in order to buy a weapon in California, but yet they're giving illegals driver's licenses by just saying their name and walking in and wanting to get it, I suppose. I don't even know if you have to do that. It most might be worth it to get an extra driver's license in California. It's not like they check. As long as you can, uh, you know, speak a foreign language, you can probably get a uh, a license there. Probably wouldn't take much. So it's this is crazy. The fact that they don't have a real ID yet is going to be difficult for people in California when it comes to getting on a plane. And now they're trying to apply that to people trying to buy guns there. <clears throat> this is a right that has been granted by the federal government. It's in the Constitution. It's not the First Amendment, but it's the Second. And a lot of you guys know if it wasn't for the Second Amendment, there would be no first because they will certainly limit your right to speech if you don't have a gun to defend yourself. So, Californians, I feel for you. As usual, your politicians are trying to make things as difficult and as hard as possible for you to exercise your Second Amendment rights. And they they filed this emergency regulation, 
And the public participation, which is where they put it up for comment, is limited to five days, which means, which, which means by the time you hear this, this is probably already going to be enforced or be pushed through. Because usually they have a 30 to 60 day, 90 day period of public commentary before they proceed with this. But here they got it down to five days. So by the time they put it out five days later, they're going to be enacting this. So it's just be aware if you go to purchase a gun in California, if you're a Californian, you're going to have to have other forms of identification than a driver's license probably from here on out. Now, I don't know why California has not gone to a real ID system because without it, you limit yourself in any kind of federal identification situation. So I wonder now if everyone in California is going to have to get a passport card or carry their passport with them all the time. Wow, that sounds reminiscent. Where are your papers? Your papers are not in order. <laughs> You'll have to carry papers around instead of a driver's license now, or a driver's license also if you want to drive. Because now <laughs> the state IDs are no longer federally compliant. Now, this has come out – this was out a couple of years ago, and most states have – made changes, made the the appropriate modifications to their IDs to become real ID compliant. But now, it's like the fact that California is granting them to so many illegal aliens and not requiring, I guess, substantiation of who they are. The federal government's going, no, we're not going to honor those IDs because we don't know who you're giving them to. So, again, the gun owners are probably the first to suffer. So be aware, if you're trying to buy a gun in California, they're not going to use your driver's license anymore. You will have to have alternative forms of ID. So the fact that you're an American citizen makes no difference to them at all because they're giving licenses to everybody. Oh, California, you just you make me sigh every time. Such a awesome state as far as uh, geography and uh, weather. And then you go and just screw up the politics so bad that nobody wants to live there. But, okay, now we're going to head over to Pennsylvania because this is something I feel is going to become the future. This is going to be a problem we're going to have. You know, they say, don't talk about religion or politics. And why not? Because no one will change their mind and you'll just end up fighting. Well, you know what? Maybe we've embraced this for too long. If you don't discuss religion or politics ever, then you're not going to know how to discuss religion or politics without getting mad, without causing a fight, without having a problem. And that's what happened in Pennsylvania. You hear people getting attacked for political, I guess, uh, political ideology all the time. Certain people wear certain clothes or certain guys wear a certain hat that people don't like and they want to start a fight with them over it. Well, that's exactly what happened in Pennsylvania. In Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, a man drew his firearm in self-defense after a stranger threatened to assault him and knocked his Make America Great hat off his head at a local mall. Now, I don't care who you are. If you see somebody wearing something that you don't agree with, you don't attack them. You don't violate their civil rights because you don't agree with them. Well, unless you're a Nazi, because that's what they do. They shut down any opinion that's not of their belief. Nazi, so, a communist, any of those. They don't allow any kind of, they don't allow any kind of uh, dissenting opinions. You know, Roger, this is exactly what we've been talking about the last few days, and want folks that are listening to realize that we're in the 21st century Cold War. It's and happening right here at home. It's <laughs> happening at home. It's right here. And, and this, 
I lived through the Cold War, but this is much, much worse. But this was, Khrushchev told us this. And a lot of people, Khrushchev, what's that? That was a Russian leader. That was a Russian leader, exactly, that took off his shoe to make a point and slammed it on the U.N. table. But, you know, we you look at the division that we have in Congress, we have it in religion, we have it everywhere. There's one person, and I'm going to give her, I want to give her credit, I want to give her whatever, but her name is Frankie Holbrook, and she has a ministry called Shine His Light, and... We were we're friends, and uh, she's going to be doing some uh, interviews here on this, on uh, America's Web Radio. But she was out in the middle of the night last night, delivering blizzard blankets to the homeless oh, wow. on the streets That's good. of Atlanta. And she will go. She's incredible. She goes anywhere. You can look her name up, Frankie Holbrook, H O L B R O K. And uh, the lady is just incredible. We've got a donate thing on our on our Facebook where you can donate. Uh, it's it's a, a nonprofit organization that she has. And uh, Frankie is a beautiful lady and and uh, does things that you know. There's and, things everybody should do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, you know, here it is, 20 degrees, and she's out walking the streets of Atlanta, giving out blankets to the homeless. And um, you know, I admire. Her. I, I, if I had my hat on, I'd take my cowboy hat off, and uh, we'd walk on down the street. But uh, you know, this is this is the whole deal that that it seems like everybody's forgotten with the guns and everything else. Is that we're a nation of doers, and we're a nation of people that do right, generally speaking. Not everybody, but... Well, when, when the Congress and Senate, when they, when they won the Revolutionary War, they wrote the Second Amendment because they knew that the British tried to take our guns away in the 1770s. They wanted to disarm the citizens because disarmed citizens are much easier to control. And the current crop of politicians are out to do the same thing. It's like they're not learning anything from the historical timeline that happened before. And what what is it if you don't study history? Oh, if you don't learn from history, you are doomed to repeat it. And that's where we're headed down. Everybody thinks, oh no, this is different. This isn't the same. This is different. It's the same thing. Just in a new century. We're in the 21st century now and we're doing what happened in the 16th century. It's happening again, and nobody seems to notice. Or they try and except we can put a real name to it called communism. And All right. uh, you know, you look, you step back, folks. And I don't mean to be taking your show, and I apologize, but uh, you step back and look at what's happening. And in every, I don't care what situation is. If I'm robbing a bank, I'm doing it because I need the money and want the money. So you got somebody to, you know, and who in the world, in our world? would benefit from taking over the United States, the communists. And they'll be the first to tell you that. And they've been working on it since 1950s. Yeah, but we saw that in Russia, communism didn't work. It fell apart because it's just there's no motivation for any kind of individual achievement. There's no motivation for people to do better with themselves. But they didn't and don't have the assets that the United States has, and that's why... Why bomb them when we can get their assets by destroying them from within? 
Right. And I think even China, who's a communist country, they are realizing the virtues of capitalism. Yeah. I mean, they're out there. They're producing. They're manufacturing. They're growing their economy in leaps and bounds. Now, we finally are doing the same thing because our our politicians have finally got together and decided if we lower taxes, we can make more money. We can increase the GDP. And that gives us more money to buy guns with, which keeps everything free because i got to keep coming back to the gun thing. But, you know, so this guy, okay, anyway, back to Pennsylvania. Apparently, the guy drew his weapon on somebody who threatened to assault him and tried to knock the hat off his head. And as he reached for him, he took a swipe at him, and the victim backed up, drew his weapon, and pointed it at the guy. So he was giving some ground. He didn't stand ground. He backed up a few steps, drew his weapon, and then the guy took off running. So at least, you know, and this is a tough kind of situation to put yourself in. I know a lot of guys are saying, oh, I would have shot him right there. It's like, was your life really in danger? Probably not. You have to use an extreme amount of common sense, and you have to have a ridiculous amount of patience to deal with some of these people. Now, had he drawn the weapon and the guy was still advancing, then the situation would have got really bad really fast because you wonder how long would this guy, how far would he back up until he was against a wall? Would he have shot this guy if he kept advancing on him? He better have. Yeah, I mean. You know, this, as we've talked before, where am I? What's around me? What do I do if? And you got to know where you're at all the time and answer your own questions. That's if he keeps right. coming at me, do I shoot him? Yeah, you have to decide that. When you draw that weapon, you got to kind of set a line in the sand and go, okay, I'm going to try and get out of this without having to shoot anybody, but where can I go? Where can I – you start you, you start to, to, to look around, find an escape route, because you don't want to shoot somebody over trying to knock your hat off. That seems kind of ridiculous. But if he's coming at you, threatening to assault you, how far do you have to give? How far can you go? If you can't get away or he backs you against a wall or into a corner – and you have no choice. You either let him start beating on you or end up taking your weapon and shooting you with it, or do you shoot him first? And this is the kind of thing we're going to have to face as these fascists come by, start coming up. It's going to be harder and harder to make these decisions. Okay, we're going to be right back after the few words. And uh, I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. One more time, I want to invite everyone this, the 29th of January, down to the state rotunda where they're inducting 15 more Georgia Military Veteran Hall of Fame folks. And uh, as Rick White, one of the, uh, he's the executive director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, bring your own box of Kleenex. Um, that's only because uh, Brett and I are going to be there. But other than that, uh, no. If, uh, if you go, it, it is quite a moving ceremony, and you will need a box of Kleenex. And these are the greatest of the great that served us in Vietnam. They've served in any place. They've served in uh, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, and they are the best Georgia has to offer. And, you know, there's something interesting, Roger, that I, that I hear it day in and day out here at the studio. And What's we that? work very closely with veterans, as you well know. Right, right. Always support them. And I don't know that I've ever heard one of the veterans, if it comes up in the conversation, and sometimes, it, and most of the time it will at some point, not every day, but as we've talked over the months, I don't know of a veteran 
that wouldn't and it wouldn't probably wouldn't fit like mine wouldn't but our uniforms wouldn't fit but we'd come up with something but if the country called they'd be the first to say i want to go again right right been there been to hell but i'm back for more yep and uh <laughs> this is this is from our general general Dix that uh, was in yesterday um you know, he and I were kidding about the, we have the same leak in our closets that shrinks those damn Shrinks you know, the clothes. <laughs> yeah, but, but by the same token, and we both realized that we'd be laughed at. I, You know, as I limped up the line, I'd be laughed at. But at the same token, I would, and so would everybody else. And oh, you have a lot of people, even those who did not serve previously, would step forward to defend our country if we needed it. We don't want them. The reason, well, the reason being is that... Uh, you know, you, you trust your buddy, and if and if he wasn't your buddy to begin with, then it's it's yeah. Well, they, everybody has to be trained, whether you're a civilian, military, whatever. And the military, uh, Richard and I were talking about it yesterday. It's a class in psychology. Everything that happens in the military, and it's hard to see it when you're there in boot camp and. And some big tall guys yelled at you, "Give me ten and but looking back, you can see oh yeah, everything has a reason, and this is the thing that that i don't I don't lose sleep over it, but like we were talking, if you have a carry license, that doesn't mean that you have the training that you need to carry. You've got to go get that training, folks, and you've got to put yourself in the position every place you go, you have to be observant and say what. What do I do if? Right. Situational awareness is key. Be a, don't have your face buried in your phone while you're walking through an unfamiliar neighborhood in the middle of the night. Or you're in a restaurant, look around, see who's there. Make, I always make sure I can see the door if at all possible because that's just who I am. Yeah. Well, no, and, and I always sit with the wall at my bike so I know nobody's going to walk in the door from behind. Right. Exactly. You um, want to have that gunfighter seat. Yep. So it's it's you know, and people some people listening probably think we're oh they're you know. paranoid. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, somebody comes knocking at my door at two o'clock in the morning. Um, I don't think they really have a reason to be there. Not that I know of, unless they've called and the, right. they're my third cousin or with, something. With cell phones, there's no reason to just yeah. show up without calling first. And. <laughs> So I'm I'm going to be prepared in my home. I'm prepared in my church, and I try to be prepared in any and every place else I go. Right. Prepared is not paranoid. No. no. I don't have a fire extinguisher because I'm paranoid about fire. I'm prepared for one. And we hope that never happens. With that being said, we just took our commercial break, and, uh, you know, it's nice. I can do what I want to do. Well, so. Legend Dave does what he wants, and we all respect that. <laughs> <laughs> and sleep through it. But anyway, back with locked and loaded with okay. Mr. Okay, yeah, we're going to get ben. back. Yeah, we're going to get back to this Pennsylvania situation because this requires a little bit of discussion here. I mean, this guy. I mean, okay. They made the police made a statement. They were quick to post on social media that there was no active shooter in the mall because there were reports saying that there was an active shooter in the mall when this guy drew his weapon to stop this guy from assaulting him. The police were quick to stand in his defense and say there was no active shooter and that the concealed carrier was well within his rights. He was justified in pulling his gun in self-defense. 
And he said, he's, and the police chief clearly said, the Trump supporter was the victim and the police are still looking for the person who assaulted him. Apparently, the way it went down was he, the individual was wearing the hat, walking through the mall, and a gentleman approached him and said, take that hat off. And he refused. He probably just blew him off, said, yeah, whatever, smiled and walked on. Then the individual stopped him, threatened to assault him, and took a swipe at trying to knock his hat off his head. And at that point, the victim backed up, drew his weapon, pointed it at the ground, and the guy took off. So he didn't even point the weapon at the assailant. He just pulled it out to basically, I don't know, I have this. If you keep coming, he backed up, so he created space between them. That's always something you learn if you take training. You create space between you and your assailant to give you time to get away, or in this case, give him time to get away. Maybe he realized at this point, "Uh uh-oh, I bit off a little more than I can chew. This probably wasn't the way I thought this would go down. I don't really think I can catch a bullet in my teeth. Yeah. And now, they did say the mall did have a no-guns policy. However... If the mall officials had known and asked him to leave and he didn't, then he could have been accused of trespassing charges. But as it stands, because they didn't ask him to leave, he violated their policy but not the law regarding trespassing with a weapon once you're being asked to leave. So as it stands, the armed citizen is not facing any charges, but the police are still looking for the guy who attacked him. Didn't you, didn't you say at one time that uh, your license trumps the, the mall? No, I wouldn't say that exactly. I would say my Second Amendment rights trump company policy most of the time, you know, depending on how much you respect the company. If I got banned from the mall, well, you know, so be it. It would not be the end of my world. I I bet there's one down the street. Yeah, probably. There's always a mall down the street. And most of them, most of them don't care as long as you're cautious and you're responsible with it and it is a concealed carry. If they don't know, they probably don't care. They probably take the old military approach. Don't ask, don't tell. (laughs) Now, if you walk in with a rifle slung over your shoulder (laughs) trying to prove a point, they're going to ask you to leave and then if you don't leave, you're trespassing. So, now, no one was hurt in the incident. Uh, okay, let me follow through on that. Yeah. What, what if I have uh, uh, Davies Deluxe weapons in the middle of the mall, and you're bringing a weapon in either to sell or to have reblued or this Have or service or, work done on or whatever, yeah. yeah. Chances are the mall would probably not allow a lease to a weapon, to a gun store in the mall if they had an anti-gun policy. Because they know that would kind of violate their policy unless they drop the policy and allow the gun, you know, the gun store to come in. I mean, I haven't seen a gun store in the mall probably <laughs> since the seventies, and I quite frankly don't recall. But I, I guess I was <clears throat> leading towards the case of if that weapon is well cased. Be it a you know a lock case or even a fabric with a lock on it. Yeah, or even if they have it you know in a holster, bringing it in in their hand. I mean, I guess some of the sporting goods stores, like if you well, I would say Dick's, but Dick's no longer carries weapons. But like an uh, uh, Academy Sports or something like that, if they're in the mall, they would have to allow people to carry guns there because if you buy one, you have to carry it out to your car. You know, they don't walk by themselves. They don't walk. They don't assault by themselves either. Oh. You know, they call them assault weapons. I've never seen a weapon assault anybody. So let's get rid of it by, anyway. By, on its own. That's, that's below exactly. saying, well, let's just, because it's a weapon, let's get rid of it. That's right. You but don't you know, know when it's going to go off. Yeah, it could attack anybody with, with no provocation whatsoever because that happens all the time. Yeah. That's why I have my knives all locked down in the kitchen so they don't decide to attack somebody randomly. Well, that's, that's sort of like a bowling ball. It rolls itself down the... 
land. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> or any inanimate object. Yeah, they're not pretty much, they're not powered on their own. But you got to ask yourself this question. I mean, how many times have you been in a public place, seen some somebody wearing something that either bothers you or think is totally ridiculous, and what do you do? Do you go approach the person? Do you yell at them? Do you tell them to take it off? Do you tell them to turn it inside out? No, you probably just roll your eyes. If you're with somebody, you make a snarky comment maybe or, you know sigh of relief or something but you don't pick a fight with somebody because they have they're wearing something that you disagree with i mean especially if you're a concealed carrier you have to be extremely careful with provoking anybody i never yelled at somebody with a bernie bumper sticker (laughs) i usually am laughing so hard i don't have any breath left to (laughs) to yell at them (laughs) if you're that stupid to put all those things on your car then uh, it devalues the car so much yeah. just putting this sticker on it. And it doesn't do a whole lot for the person driving either. Yeah, it doesn't uh, say that they're terribly intelligent, in my opinion, because we know socialism doesn't work. However, in order for socialism to work, one of the first steps that must be taken is the guns must be taken away from citizens. That's usually step one, two, or three in implementing socialism. So, those And what is socialism? It's the first step <clears throat> towards... That's socialism is what you can vote your way into. And then once you get com- communism, then they can take everything away. Well, you know, social, when I, when I, what I was taught was socialism is the first step towards communism, which socialism is taking away from the public without weapons. And then the public wakes up and you have communism that <laughs> controls the public with weapons. That's right. Exactly. They take your guns away, use them to control you. I mean, anyone who, who's read history, like say, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. We have seen this happen a hundred times before. People implement socialism thinking, oh, yeah, there's promises of uh, great wealth distribution. You know, everybody's going to be taken care of. We're going to have uh, health care. You know, you won't need a gun anymore. You don't have to take care of yourself. We have police for that. And, and you- look at Venezuela and what rate major podcast radio station does a show on venezuela that would be america's web radio you win (laughs) you get it yeah what are those okay now give us a quick rundown what are those people's names uh we got josie uh, Josie and and we've got carlos known as cat and uh you know they they do a heck of a job and they're both venezuelans and and they've been there they've seen this happen yeah and it's and it's you know the thing that Americans and this this bothers me more than because we are in the middle folks we're we're in deep into the 21st century cold war and you can look at Venezuela it's a perfect example i mean it it's a what do they say it's textbook yeah yeah it's exactly what they do they take the guns away then 10 years later they're using the guns on the people you can't you can't give up your rights and expect the government to take care of you because unfortunately government is run by people and people can be corrupted. I don't have any doubt that a lot of people who start out in government have the best of intentions. They have idealistic views, thinking they can change everything for the best, and they may truly start out that way, and I believe that. But once they get entrenched in the system, I think the system takes over and tempts them with too many too many things to have them not necessarily turn bad. Now, there are a lot of politicians who remain true to their 
their beliefs throughout their careers. But I think a lot of them get frustrated because they see there's nothing they can do to push things in the right direction because too many of the politicians are just in it for their own power, their own interest. So with that being said, we're going to take a break. But uh, And unfortunately, the break will be too short for you to run out and buy a weapon. But after the show, run out and buy a weapon. Hey, you can go online and start shopping right now. There are deals out there everywhere, and there are some really cool brand-new stuff that's coming out that we're going to come back to. We'll be back right after this. morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation ribbon cutting ceremony and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project you can donate at jcvets.org I'm Patty Levan, owner of Multiland Mortgage Services, Inc. We've partnered with nationally known wholesale lenders throughout the country that offer a wide variety of home loan programs. We can find the right home loan that will suit your financial needs. Multiland Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilandmortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph D. Powers, NMLS 158-989, licensed in Georgia and Florida. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B. And this is America's Web Radio. Now, I'm just going to go back to this Pennsylvania story one more time for just a minute because I want everyone to think about it. You know, you see somebody with something on their shirt you don't like. You make a snarky comment to your friend next to you and you go on. You don't attack them. You don't try and tear their clothes off. You just don't do that. Civilized people don't do that because you have to realize we live in a country where we have freedom of speech. We also live in a country where you have the right of self-defense. So think hard before approaching anybody with the intent of doing violence or the intent of causing an altercation with somebody with somebody something written on their shirt that you don't agree with. <clears throat> 
But uh, you have to realize that you don't have the end-all sale when it comes to freedom of speech. You've got to give these people, give them a wide berth, let them wear whatever they want to wear, let people express their opinions. That's what this country was founded on. And the fact that we have the right to self-defense means if you go attack somebody because somebody's wearing something you don't like, you may end up getting shot. Or if somebody approaches you, you may have to shoot somebody. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. And maybe we should all learn to discuss politics and religion in a civilized fashion, in a, in a, you know, a way where we can understand each other and realize there are differences, but we can still get along. We can still be people who can be Americans and not agree on every single point. You know, Roger, I, I promised my minister this, and so I'm going to do it in the middle of your show, and uh, I apologize for taking another minute, but I go to, uh, having to go to the neatest church going, and it's a Presbyterian church, and I want to invite any and everybody that's listening, if uh, you enjoy and appreciate communion, Northminster Presbyterian is the only church I know of that on Wednesday nights, instead of the Wednesday night dinner or whatever, uh, they have communion. And I remember in college we used to call it hump day. Wednesday was hump night, hump day, whatever. And um, it means you're almost through with the week. So this is much better, and I wanted to invite everybody. Northminster, it's on Old Alabama. They have communion seven o'clock on Wednesday night. So now you can get back to your guns. I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, now, it, no, it, you know, I'm not taking away because that's part of what we're based on: freedom of religion, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, right to self-defense. All these things are things that are spelled out in the Constitution as g- given rights. Actually, they're not even rights that are given to us in the Constitution. The Constitution states. We cannot infringe or take away these rights. We cannot make laws limiting freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom to own weapons. It says the government cannot. It doesn't say you can. It says the government cannot. So keep that in mind. These rights are yours, and the government is not supposed to make any laws which will infringe on these. Wait a second. You just gave me a question. What if the Constitution did, and, well, let's say I guess Kennesaw is one uh, but beyond that, what if the Constitution <clears throat> did say, you must carry a weapon? What would Pelosi do? Oh, my. Yeah, well, actually, the head of every household in Kennesaw is required to own a weapon for self-defense of that household. However, they have a clause in there say, if you're a conscientious objector, you don't have to have one. So they have a way out. You know, they're not. Then they don't do checks. They don't force people. They don't arrest people for not having one. <laughs> but it was more of a symbolic like a symbolic law they passed because there were other cities in the country trying to pass complete gun bans in their entire cities telling people they cannot own guns, which is a complete violation of the Second Amendment. It clearly says the government may not make any laws to infringe on your rights to own a weapon. But yet they do it all the time. But now Virginia is running across the results of them trying to take away gun rights from people. First, you know, when they first came in, they got elected. I'm going to make one comment here about the election that put the the gun grabbers in power. There are over 5 million registered voters in Virginia, 5 million of them. In this last election where they voted for state house and state senate representatives, less than a million showed up to vote. So you had less than 20% of the population showing up to vote 
And now, all of a sudden, every, everybody's mad because the election didn't go the way they wanted it to. Did they assume it was not their responsibility to vote? Did they just assume everybody else was already going to vote their way? This is crazy. If you people had spent an hour or two hours voting on a Tuesday, November, you would not be having to deal with this stuff now. I believe that's called, now they've got the tail wagging the dog. Exactly. I mean, you gave up. When you don't go vote, you give up your rights. And I don't want to hear anybody tell me, oh, one vote doesn't make a difference. Because you, along with a million other people, are saying the exact same thing and letting these guys get away with it. And now look what's happening in Virginia. It seems as if a majority of the people realize they do not want these gun laws implemented, but because they didn't take the time, I don't care how busy you are, now you're having to go to protests, you're having to go to rallies, you're going to have to get signatures for recalls. It's going to take a lot more time to try and fix it now than if you had spent an hour going to vote when the elections were taking place in November. So, But now it's, it's on now. It's, it's a full-blown battle now. The first thing, they were going to have full-blown gun confiscation. Then it was mandatory registration. Then they started looking to shut down outdoor ranges and then eliminating all indoor ranges that were not on government property. And then they decided gun-free zones were okay, but now we're going to have ammunition-free zones as well. Now, people may wonder, ammunition-free zone, what's that all about? Meaning if you pull in to pick up your child from school and you were at the range that day and you have a live round somewhere rattling around in the car, you could be arrested for violating the ammunition-free zone. It's what Jamaica does. What's that? That's what Jamaica has. They have ammunition-free zones? Oh, yeah. The whole country, I think, is an ammunition-free zone, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, but they're not the United States either. They don't have a Second Amendment. No. Exactly. There are a lot of countries that do not have. Canada, for one, they don't have a Second Amendment. They do not have the right to keep in arms. Australia did not have a Second Amendment. And look what happened there. New Zealand did not have a Second Amendment. And look what happened there. More and more of these countries have politicians trying to grab and seize power and maintain it by making sure their citizens are not armed. That's the easiest way to take over a population by making sure they can't fight back. And now Virginia is in this. The people in Virginia are in a battle for their rights. They are trying to find a way to keep the governor and the House and Senate from passing these laws, which will restrict their Second Amendment rights. Now, the odd thing is, as soon as they did this, over 100 counties out of 133, I think 103 counties so far, have declared themselves Second Amendment sanctuary counties. And then, of course, what is the uh, – and all these sheriffs say, we're not going to enforce the law. In fact, we'll deputize as many people as we have to, to to keep you from enforcing law in our county, in our town, in our district or zone. And then the, and then the politicians go, you know what, we're going to maybe call in the National Guard to arrest all these sheriffs, arrest all these people who are not obeying our state gun laws, even though they are unconstitutional. But, of course, it seems like the Constitution doesn't play as big a part as it used to. And even the Virginia Constitution has a very specific amendment. Basically, it's not the exact same wording, but it's very similar to the Second Amendment of the Federal Constitution. It says you shouldn't make any laws to violate the rights of gun owners. Now, of course, there are exceptions to this. People who are crazy, people who have committed crimes, people who are not mentally stable enough to have one. There are exceptions to every rule, but in general, law-abiding citizens should not be restricted in their ability to have to have weapons. In fact, 
in Virginia, there's thousands of cops, thousands of veterans, thousands of former military. They're all saying they will join a militia in Virginia to combat unconstitutional laws. Now, okay, so what these guys in Virginia have done now, they're going, well, you know, it looks like we may be facing a recall because these other four point something million people who didn't vote, now they're waking up. Now they're realizing what's happening. Now they want to fight back. So maybe they should just, you know, maybe these people are thinking, let's just get a recall. Let's get this governor recalled. Let's get these senators and congressmen recalled. So what do they do? They pass a law that says now it's going to be harder than ever to remove somebody from public office, raising the number of signatures needed from 10% of your county or district's population to 25% and requiring everything to be collected within a 60-day period. Where there, I don't believe there used to be a limit on how long you had to collect signatures before doing a recall. Now they're saying if you can't get 25% of that county or cities or states or districts' signatures, if you can't get 25% of them within 60 days, that doesn't count. So they're making it harder to recall the politicians. So why not? Why wouldn't the politicians do this? Maintain their power by passing laws to fix it. Sure, let's do that. Once you're in power, you make all the laws to where they help you. This is this is heading straight towards a complete dictatorship. These people are making it harder and harder for them to lose power and for people to have a voice. So, so this thing in Virginia is not over with yet. It doesn't sound like they're going to make it easy either. It, they're going to keep fighting this. It is going to get it is going to get worse before it gets better. I have a feeling, unless somebody decides to sit down and talk about it and actually make some sense of this. I mean, there's also laws now where Virginia lawmakers had a bill that would make studying martial arts or any kind of firearms training a felony because they're saying that's militia training. So if you have any kind of firearms training, that could be considered militia training, and they're going to try and ban that or make it a felony to be participating in that. So now, not only can you not have a gun, but if you have any kind of training or you try and get training to use that weapon, they can legally charge you with a felony in that state because they're going to say that you're conducting terrorist drills or put it under some guise of some sort of terroristic threats or something like that. And why not? Why not stop people before they get to the point where they can stop you? So I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know where it's going, but I have a feeling it's going to get it's going to get worse. And these people now talking about recalls but now they've already decided, well, we're just going to make it harder to recall us so we can maintain our power, which is exactly what a politician would do. They want to maintain power above all. It's just it's getting crazy. It's like the red flag laws. They try and get the red flag laws in place because this way, if they see somebody who's running a training facility, let's just put him under red flag laws and flag him, drag him down, see if we can shut him down. Now, that hasn't been done yet, but I will say what has been done. This was in Colorado. There's a, uh, in Fort Collins, Colorado, what is it, the University Police Department there, received a call from Susan Holmes. Susan Holmes called the police with a 911 call and said, my son is threatening to kill his brother. He's got a big knife. You need to stop him. So the police were called to the scene by this woman. She called on her son because he had a big knife and was threatening his brother. So... The police went to the scene, found the guy. He had the big knife. They asked him to drop the knife over 40 times. There's body cam footage. 
that can verify they asked him to drop. It was an 11-inch blade. This was not a pocket knife. This was not a pen knife. This was an 11-inch bladed knife. That's a big, that's almost a foot long of blade, not to mention the handle. So he's sitting there arguing with the cops, telling the cops to go ahead and shoot him. He He's demanding them to shoot him. And then at one point during the encounter, Corporal Morris started to holster his duty weapon so he could deploy a taser, figuring, you know, let's knock him down with the taser. That way nobody gets permanently hurt. It diffused the situation. And as soon as he did that, the guy charged him, started coming at him with the knife. He then drew his weapon back out of gun, and him and the support officer were there, both opened fire on him, killing him. It is basically a case of suicide by cop. This guy charges a cop with an 11-inch blade after screaming at them to go ahead and kill him. Then they finally do because he charges at one of the cops. Now he's dead. So then Susan Holmes decides, oh, they shouldn't have killed him. They didn't need to kill him. It was not that serious a threat. They, she claims, oh, they, over, they overreacted in handling her 911 call. Kids say that all the time. I'm going to kill my brother. He's pissed me off. I didn't even take it seriously. Well, she didn't take it seriously. Why did she call 911 and tell the police that he was threatening his brother? So what Susan Holmes now did is she files a red flag law, an extreme risk protection order, against the police officer who killed her son. So (laughs) now, of course... In Colorado, you have to be a law enforcement officer, a household member, or family member to file such paperwork. So we're thinking, is this woman related? Okay. Now, Susan claims in other documents that she and Corporal Morris have a child together. Now, according to all the records they can find, this is entirely false. So she took out the extreme risk protection order without without being a qualified person to do so, and then lies about this man being father to one of her children. So this is, I mean, this is insane. How now? I don't know where this is going to go. I don't. I think they've realized this is a justified shooting because they've got body cams of this guy refusing to put the knife down, charging at officers, demanding that he be shot before anything else is going to happen. So his mom files a red flag law on the police officer that did it. Saying, oh, there, there could have been patterns of, or acts of credible threats or violence by this officer. Yeah, there could have been, but she's got no evidence, apparently. Apparently, she's going to go to court and try and prove her point. So we're going to have to see how where this goes. But, I mean, this is just crazy. This lady calls the police on her son, who's threatening to kill her other son, and then cries when he tries to kill an officer, and they shoot him down. So it's it's scheduled to go to court. I don't know the exact date, but I want to see. I'm sure sure this is going to be thrown out pretty quickly. Because she's saying this officer murdered her son. That he's an absolute danger to the public. He shouldn't even be a police officer. Maybe she should have thought twice before calling 911, telling them his son was threatening to kill another person, and go from there. Maybe that would have been a little easier to deal with. But now she's she's fabricating lies just to be able to make this claim. Because, like I say, the extreme risk protection order, the red flag law claim, must be made by a family member, law enforcement officer, someone along those lines. It can't just be a random person. And apparently now she's probably regretting calling the police. And another reason why red flag laws are dangerous. You know, you, you would threaten, would you hesitate to call the police on somebody you thought was a danger? 
Would it have been better if he had killed the police officer and then he was in jail for the rest of his life? I'm sure she'd rather have that happen because she's not thinking about the fact that he was willing to take somebody's life to get what he wanted. So, How old was this individual? He was 19. He was a, I think, I believe he was a student at the university, uh, Colorado State University. Where is that? I have it here somewhere. But yeah, um, he was just, you know, he was. You don't threaten a police officer and tell him that you're going to, that you're going to kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. Colorado State University, CSU, Police Corporal Philip Morris. Philip yeah, Morris. There used to be a television show called Truth or Consequences. Right, and this guy learned the consequences to threatening a police officer very quickly. And it'd be different if it was just one-on-one, but there were two policemen at the scene, and they both opened fire on him when he charged the one cop. You know, And here's her claim. Her son, Jeremy, just quietly walking down the street, doing nothing, no harm to anybody, nothing, she added. Corporal Morris is out of control and violent and kills teenagers. <laughs> oh, goodness. I can't wait to see that go to court when they whip out that body camera footage and he's threatening to kill them. With an 11-inch bladed knife, yeah. And you say, this is obviously a case of a false accusation. Now, because this is a police officer, there's body cam footage, it probably won't go very far. But what if this were to be a citizen who was attacked by this guy, and he pulled his weapon and fired her back, and then she calls for an extreme risk protection order against an ordinary citizen? It'd be a lot harder to defend yourself. You'd be in all kinds of legal trouble. Is there a chance you could be accused of this and have them take your guns away, even though you were just defending yourself because this crazy mom decided her son has the right to kill other people? I don't know. It's something that's going to have to be dealt with. The red flag laws are too too broad, too easy to abuse, and they violate every possible way due process is supposed to be used. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, which I don't mind that. I'm wrong most of the time. But in in many, many ways, just this story, to me, shows that a little bit of knowledge is dangerous. And, <laughs> no, I'm serious. That Oh, I think there's a law in a book called the Red Flag Law or something. I think I'll call and... Get this cop arrested. Yeah, Yeah. get his guns taken away and get him thrown off the force because he shot my my mad, raving son with his knife trying to kill people. Yeah, and, you know, I think this is – I think people take advantage of laws and they don't really know what they mean or what what the end results can be or anything else. And I – Well, they can be written with the best of intentions, but they're always people who can abuse either side of it. Yes. And absolutely find a loophole, or you find you know what do they say about crazy people? There, some of them have the IQs of you know off the chart, but that doesn't mean they're not crazy. Doesn't mean they're not smart, but they could still be crazy. Yeah. you can be smart and crazy. So, but now yeah, you're dumber wondering dumber too. That's, yeah, I yeah, know. I know. I got that one also. But now, so you're thinking, okay. Virginia has all these gun laws coming out. Why? What are these people going to do now? Well, I'll tell you what they're going to do. All the people who support this in Virginia are going to go out and buy guns. During the month of December, they had over almost 74,000 gun sales, according to the Virginia State Police. They had one gun show run in Fairfax County where they had eighty, almost 8,400 background checks for gun buyers in one day. <laughs> 
or two days. The gun show was two days. My apologies. So you're seeing the surge in these people buying it. The only time that the the records of this were exceeded was in 2012. After the presidential election in 2012, they had 75,000 transactions in 2012 recorded. And that's for one state. So people in Virginia are buying guns like crazy. They're buying up everything they can have because they see the writing on the wall. Yeah, the other thing that they are doing is... Like you said, having shipwrecks destroying what guns they did have, and they were lost at sea. Oh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people lose. Anybody who, who's boating and is a gun owner, you know how easy it is to have a boating accident and lose your weapons. So Happens every day. They're hidden in the attic. They're hidden in the under the pillow. They're hidden in the pillowcase. They're there. They're here. They're, and, you know, it's going to force the police departments to always have a warrant, which they should anyway if they're going to search your house. Right, absolutely. the same token, there are many cases that wouldn't really necessitate a warrant, but, you know, they're going to have to have it. And it's, it's, you know, the whole thing is just, it's like, again, General Dix and I were talking, and and we have some, some great discussions on mic and off mic. And we were talking about, you know, if if the world would sit down like us and just talk. <laughs> what was I saying earlier? But you need to learn to talk about politics and religion, not avoid it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that uh, our world hasn't learned that yet. And it's a shame the politicians haven't learned that yet. And it's going to come back to bite us all at some point, one way or the other. It looks like it's heading that direction, but hopefully if people will get off their butts and vote, I think we have a majority of people who feel that they need to preserve their rights and not give them away to the government. If these people will get off their butts and vote and not claim, oh, my vote doesn't make a difference. Yeah, you and 20 million other people claiming the same thing, and you don't show up because you think somebody else is going to cover it. Don't count on somebody else to vote to fix things or to go your way. Get up there and do it yourself. It's a right you have. Exercise it. And I, I'd like to throw in one other thing. As long as you're getting the voter off the button, I guess you must put them in an electric chair and just sort of give them a little charge or something. <laughs> but beyond that is get off your butts earlier and find out what the candidates really stand right. for. Where they stand for us. Find out what issues you're voting on. Find out what the amendments to your con- state constitution mean. Oh, I like his name. I think I'll vote for him. He's got great hair. I'm voting for him. Yeah. Oh, I like her smile. I'm voting for her. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's a responsibility. It's, it's like in some of our other shows we talk about raising kids. You know, if you and your wife or you and your husband decide to have a child, that's... And, and, and I relate it to a, to owning a pet. If you're going to have a pet, you know, you got to tell you, you got the responsibility that that pet doesn't bite your neighbor in the tail. If you're going to have kids, you've got the responsibility to teach them what the schools don't teach them. Right. And or to unteach them what the wrong things the school do teach that's them. True. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't put it like that before, but you're right. But, it, you know, it's all, it's like General Dixon. You know, our country, our world needs to man up and take take the responsibility and deal with it and and the vote that that is without 
a doubt, the most valuable asset in the United States and the most powerful one is the vote. That's right. I mean, in Virginia, they could have avoided this entire situation if the majority of people had gone off their butts and gone to the polls and voted. Now they're having to deal with these gun grabbers coming in, trying to change all the laws, take their guns away or limit them or have registrations or have, you know, mandatory buybacks or whatever it is they're trying to do to take them away because they did not get off their butts and do something about it. So I don't want to hear... That's somebody who, if you believe in a cause, I don't want to hear you complain after the fact. <clears throat> I don't want you to be a sore loser and say, oh, we lost, but now I'm going to complain. Now I'm going to fight back. You should have done that beforehand. Fair. It's so easy to do this. It would have saved so much time, so much problems if, if the other four million people in Virginia had gone off their butts and voted. Now, understand, not everybody could have. Some people have family emergencies. There are certain situations, which means you couldn't make it. But 90 Nine percent of the time, you probably could do it if you wanted to. If you realized what was at stake, you probably would have done it. The best thing is early voting. And right. You have plenty of opportunities. It's, there, there's no excuse anymore not to. They have so many times you can go do it ahead of time. Most states have early voting now. You can go vote ahead of time. Take a lunch hour. Kill it. Go do your voting. All right. Well, we're going to be back after this. No, we're not going to be back. We're not going to be back till next week. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.